A little thing just read. What's that mean? Like it means you may begin. You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 58. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining subjects. We discuss pop culture, entertainment, and a little bit of nostalgia. I'm Jack-O-Lantern Jimmy, and here with my co-host, Gallows Greg. Welcome. And Rictus Rob. Rictus? Together, we are the Give Me Five podcast brain trust. You don't know what a, you don't I, know what a Rictus is? I don't know what that is either. It's that, the really creepy smile the dead bodies get when their like, lips pull back. Like the um the original Joker at like the the black and white one from the man who smiled. Yeah, no, 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 I was okay. Rictuses are creepy. He's also the one of the villains from that movie Wanted. Oh, this is the final week of our October coverage, and we will do our best to wrap it up. We will be covering some more spooky stuff, like our final review of Halloween Horror Nights, Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand Live. And the new album from teenage superstar rock and rollers, Greta Van Fleet, Anthem of the Peaceful Army. And based on our conversation, we will come up with a top five list. Things like top five Rob jokes that made Greg's wife laugh, top five Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes, and top five best trick-or-treat candies, which we did last year. I think I want to know which are the top five jokes that made Greg's wife laugh. Well, one was apparently last week when you called me Sparkles. I'm not sure what the other ones are. As you have now received a new nickname from your wife, Greg has spent the entire week being called Sparkles. No, just oh just today. That's good enough. Okay, guys, this is a review show. And what we tried to do here is to avoid spoilers if they will ruin someone's enjoyment of something. However, there's most likely going to be spoilers as we review stuff. So if you hate spoilers, you might want to stop it now. And since we've already discussed what we're going to be talking about, you might want to check out those things. However, if you did not know that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time in Sixth Sense. <gasps> what? Or that Rob didn't know that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time in Sixth Sense. <gasps> what? But if you'd like to contact us, you can reach us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can reach out on Twitter or Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can also email us directly at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. And as always, leave us a review on iTunes, whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out. We have noticed a few more reviews. Thank you for those reviews, guys. We really appreciate it. Also, if you're looking high and low for some Give Me Five swag, because you're like, that show is really awesome, and I really want to support those guys, you can get some Give Me Five swag at giveme5podcast.threadless.com. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Including our very own Give Me Five podcast lightsaber. Yes! Where was I? <laughs> uh, you finished talking about the store. Now you want to talk about that really cool Amazon link that doesn't cost them any more money. That's true. If you go to our Libsyn page, you can find a link to our Amazon where you can go... And purchase things on Amazon, and it does whatever not, you want. It doesn't have to be our stuff. It's just you just purchase your own stuff. Absolutely, it can be whatever you want, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Nothing extra. 
But anything that you purchase, Amazon will send a little bit of credit towards us, and it helps us keep the lights on and also support our wonderful podcast crew. I mean, like you could buy like a lifetime supply of oatmeal on Amazon, and we get a little bit of money from that. There's like hurricanes out there. You could buy a generator on Amazon. We get a little bit of money, and the giant conglomerate doesn't. You could buy giant inflatable ducks. Wait, we can? You can. Hold on. <laughs> no, actually, um, I mentioned this to Jimmy earlier, who has stepped away from the microphone for a moment, but... I am here. Oh, there he is. I mentioned this to Jimmy earlier, but we got our first swag sent to us. That's so I got, exciting. I got a package sent in the mail today with a at some company that was, I guess, soliciting us and gave us a Give Me Five podcast pen. Hell yeah! We made it, guys. We finally Although, did it. Yeah, although with all of the other random packages being sent to people over the past few days, I was a little concerned when oh, a random package showed up, although I am largely unimportant. I'm so totally going to go write some shit. <laughs> with that pen? With yes. that pen. It's a nice pen, actually. It's got. I'm, I'm using it right now. Thank you, random company whose name I don't remember right now because it's in the envelope <laughs> downstairs. Um, at so some much point, for promoting your company. Yeah, at some point, you need to go downstairs and grab that. Good job, Greg. But uh, that was just kind of a cool little thing that happened uh, about two hours ago. So, anything new, guys? There is a bunch of news this week. Well, the first little bit of news. Uh, first of all, I, I learned about Spring Hill Entertainment, which is not, which I did not realize it was actually partially started by LeBron James. Yeah, this is very cool. Yeah. No, so, this is very lame is what this is, but go ahead. No, I think it's awesome. So Spring Hill Entertainment, they, um, they've done a lot of really cool things, and they work with some very... Very cool people. Uh, they've already saved uh, Space Jam and kind of they're going to release Space Jam soon. It's currently in production. Uh, they're also working on a House Party movie, which I actually loved the House Party movies back in the day. I and bet you did. I, I did. And uh, with Kid and Play, of course. Mm -hmm. But being written by uh, Stephen Glover and uh, Jamal Olori, uh, who are writers from the show Atlanta, which is I find completely weird, but funny. But... LeBron James and Spring Hill are in talks, and it might be further along than we think. LeBron to James. Towards saving the Friday the 13th uh, franchise. So saving Jason. Um, currently no writer or director attached, but there's been some weird stuff going on with Friday the 13th. The I guess there was a rights conflict with the original writer. Yes. And it made it so that they couldn't release any more content for the game. There was There might not have been any other movies, and I guess that... All of the rights eventually did go back to the original writer. Uh, his name is Victor Miller. In fact, it's really weird because I was trying to understand it. So I was reading about it today and like the rights to every single thing in Friday the 13th, except for like one scene with a police officer. Yeah, we if you guys know any if there are any entertainment lawyers listening to this show, uh, please let us know so you can maybe dem demystify that a little bit for us. Um, I know it's still going. So what Victor Miller was given the rights and then the horror Inc or, or whatever they're called, who currently had the rights to us, but like appealed or something. So it's just, it's gotten pretty nasty. Um, not like the last couple of Jason films were any good anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, aside from, aside from never hike alone, mm -hmm. which was an independent creation. So, you know, I'd love to see it saved. I'd love to see somebody Come back and do it right. If it's a reboot, cool. Modernize it. That's fine. There can't be. It's a campy slasher film. You know, do it again. 
It's fine. I think what's interesting is the idea, like we're going to talk about with Halloween, of not necessarily rebooting, but like resequeling, where you find the at which point it kind of lost its way, cut it off there, and then continue the story. Yeah, like like we're going to talk about later, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, that... the first one is great, second one's great, third one's so good. Okay, let's that, stop after the second. That is not what I was referring to as being lame. Okay. I, what is it is it is fantastic that they that they are going to or that they might be saving Jason. Um, what is lame is Space Jam. LeBron James doing an updated Space Jam. Oh, I don't care about that. I'm not. And, and if if there was ever any doubt that LeBron James is completely chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan, <laughs> this is a complete affirmation of that. Well, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that he's like, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not chasing Michael Jordan. Have you seen me? I'm LeBron James. Oh, but I'm going to do all the stuff that Michael Jordan has done. Yeah. What what number is on your chest, LeBron James? I don't even know anymore. I know I kinda, it was 23 because of Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, I kind of like it, but not because of the basketball side of things. I like it because it's putting the Looney Tunes back in circulation. Because, like, when's the last good Looney Tunes thing that's come out? There hasn't been. And to be, I kind of miss Marvin the Martian. He was kind of one of my favorite back in the day. He is still number 23. On his new team, the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers. Okay. Yeah. And everybody LeBron knows, will never be Michael. Everybody knows the Clippers are the real L.A. basketball team. Exactly. And the Dodgers are the real L.A. baseball team. <laughs> Not the fake. I think you are pandering to the live audience. Is that uh, is, is she Maybe. there? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I'm pulling too, for him. As am I. I, too, am pandering to the live audience. <laughs> Okay, so that that's that's my first little bit of news, uh, Jimmy. There's a there's a terrier here, Greg. Ooh! <laughs> wow, that's my actual reaction. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Greg just swallowed the microphone. <laughs> swallowed the microphone and sounded like he got goosed all at the same time. <laughs> He's goosing her. All the right, dog so is adorable. He is, and I can't wait to play with him. Uh, <laughs> so Red Dead gets a new toy. <laughs> Uh, he's not a new toy. He's just always, always fun. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, as I wrote down, Red Dead Redemption comes out uh, as of this recording. Uh, it will already be out. So when we do come back, oh, here he is. <laughs> uh, when we do come back, I will give a thorough and in-depth review of Red Dead Redemption 2. I cannot wait. Um, at the time of this recording, I should be at GameStop right now picking it up, but I have to deal with you two jerks. So, I watched some videos of the physics calculations for that game, mm-hmm. and there's like a dude that tries to jump on something with a horse, and it falls off of the. It's like a dock or something. It yeah. falls off and it lands in the dust and on him, and you can actually see the outline of both the horse and the guy in the dust. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's gonna be awesome, 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 awesome. We found the rest of Redemption right there. Yeah. Um, there's a Pokemon Halloween event going on until November 1st where you – oh, I had them pulled up. Um, you can get exclusive Pokemon such as uh, – oh, I'm, I've lost it now. They all have such weird names. Drifloon and Stunky, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which which is, is fun because Stunky kind of looks like a butt. Um, there is, uh... Drifloon and Stunky. That sounds like two side characters in, like, a Canadian teenage comedy. Uh, Giratina, the renegade Pokemon, will be in raid battles. And there's also a mysterious Pokemon available through a series of quests. 
So it's very cool. I'm really digging this um, Halloween involvement from these these games. Um, another one that I play is called Rust. Currently in Rust, you can find a lot of pumpkins. So it's a, Rust is a survival game. I've talked about it before. It's open world. Uh, if you talked about it to anyone, really, they'd say, oh, yeah, it's just a game. You spawn, you're naked, you have a rock and a torch, and you get killed all the time. Um, so uh, I still find it fun for some reason. Um, currently, you can find headstones and things of that nature, which will give you resources uh, to help you build your bases. There are also pumpkins spawning everywhere and even slashers running through the world, which is amazing. Last night, um, I got killed by a, a mask wielding slasher with a pitchfork. And then I was killed by one with a chainsaw. And I thought that they were maybe actual other people playing the game, but no, they're bots that are just kind of wandering the world. Um, they seem pretty easy to kill. They're there as a more fun thing, but I had nothing but, like I said, a rock and a torch. So I'm just trying to throw my rock at this guy with a pitchfork, and it didn't end very well for me. So um, check it out. You know, if if you guys ever uh, jump on Rust, let me know. Play on the same server and uh, kind of show you the ropes a little bit. You could throw rocks and torches at me. Yeah, I, I would totally would. Um, and lastly, we've got Spooky Empire this weekend. Um, again, next time I'll, I'll talk about it. If, uh, if we meet anybody cool or anything, I'll, I'll put some pictures up online as well. Lastly, we've got Spooky (laughs) Empire coming up this weekend. Um, a lot of celebrities will be there. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark will be there. Um, I don't know who else is going to be there tomorrow it's friday it's the opening day uh sid Haig will be there so i'll be posting pictures on the instagram page and uh we'll let you guys know uh if anything crazy happens i know at seven o'clock tomorrow night there's a wrestling event where all the wrestlers will be dressed up as horror movie icons so oh nice uh yeah uh, david Duchovny is going david Duchovny is going to be there on saturday the- jillian anderson will be there on saturday on saturday only yeah yeah peter chris from kiss is the, there's always like a rock the star. worst, the worst one. I mean, yeah. Who I was having this conversation the other day with a coworker dressed like a kitten. <laughs> yeah, he's like Ace Freely is like oh, I'm Starman, and then uh, Gene Simmons is like I'm the Demon, and Peter Chris is like I'm a kitty cat. Yeah. So you know, is, is he the one that Family Guy made fun of? Yeah, oh, they're like nobody wants to be so and so. Yeah, he is. Okay. Uh, basically, everyone that was on X Files is going to be there. That's and uh, Joey and Timmy, Joey I, Image from the Misfits will be there. I don't even and, remember when Joey Image was in the Misfits. He he might have been on the Misfits for like a day. Phil and Selma, of course, Bill Mosley, all these guys. And and Jimmy, when you do your Red Dead Redemption uh, review, I'd specifically like to hear about the online multiplayer. I will let you know. Yes. Uh, so I got a couple other things here. Uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, both of which are two separate Netflix shows, they were canceled following season two. Really? They can't, yeah, so Iron Fist, um, they announced that was canceled, and then the very next day they announced that Luke Cage was canceled. A little bit of weird timing, because they did cancel it about oh, four or five days, maybe a, maybe a week before Daredevil season three came out, so it's not exactly a you know exciting people for season three of Daredevil, because they're all kind of in the same world, the same like mm-hmm. city escape. What about Defenders? Was that canceled as well? Uh, that that ended after season one. Yes. 
Now, oh. Iron Fist Season 1 wasn't great. Iron Fist Season 2 was actually pretty good. Uh, Luke Cage, both of the seasons were good, but the I think the first season did fall off a little bit after they killed the main villain, uh, Cottonmouth, by mm-hmm. uh, Mahershala Ali's character. Um, when they did that, it definitely kind of toned things down a little bit. But the hope was that by killing, by ending Iron Fist and Luke Cage, that they would kind of do a Heroes for Hire sh- show, which both of those characters were teamed up throughout the 70s and 80s in the comics. There's been no announcements, and you would think with all the outcry that there would be. Um, so I'm torn on this. I thought the shows were both good. I also have so much stuff to watch that they were going to take a back burner anyway. And, yeah. I mean, we still live in a world where we got two seasons of an Iron Fist show and two seasons of a Luke Cage show and a Defender show. In a world with two seasons. Where Greg has too much TV to watch. I have to interject here real quick and say that uh, Joey Image was with the Misfits from 1978 to 1979. So not forever. I loved his – I loved it when he was in there. I was two and three and oh, okay. totally rocked out to the Misfits back then. No, you didn't. Did not. Okay. And now, guys, we are going to talk a little bit about wrestling. And Ooh. don't run away because I, you know, I know we do occasionally talk about wrestling here. It's happened like two or three times and people have like – we're a little scared. People are going to be like, I don't care about this crap. I'm going away. But here's the deal. So this is this is more of a um, an interest story versus a wrestling story. So there's a wrestler named Roman Reigns. And guys, would you say that he is being that he is well received by the fan base? No, yeah. not at all. Okay, he is kind of the chosen one by corporate WWE. He has the look. He has the the history and. I don't think he does anything wrong. I actually kind of like him quite a bit, but because WWE has pushed him to the top and pushed him over people that some fans like better, like the technical fans, he was soundly booed for about what, three years, four years because a series of fans really liked another person better. Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan. And even though Daniel Bryan had a series of injuries, they still felt that he should have been pushed to the top instead. Anyway, so that's the kind of background. So Roman Reigns, his real name is uh, Lee T. Joseph Anoa, but we can call him Joe for this. He announced on Monday Night Raw that he is relinquishing his um, United States title due to a leukemia diagnosis. So he's stepping away from wrestling. He said he's not retiring unless something bad happens. Um, but he had been in remission for about 11 years, and then it returned. Um, his speech was very personal. You can tell the way the crowd goes from like booing him when he first starts talking to like, oh, this is serious. And then, you know, kind of cheering him on. Uh, last time I looked, which was earlier this afternoon, had 9,299,675 views on YouTube. Yeah, it's, uh, it's still a global phenomenon. And, you know, I don't necessarily watch it, but I did see the, the news on CNN. And then I saw it in uh, Bleacher Report. But you might also know that know him as the guy in the I'm a Little Teapot commercials. They ran uh, very heavily for about a year or so. They're actually still running it. Yeah, where he's like, where someone's walking by a window and sees like this big scary guy doing I'm a little teapot, and then it cuts to the inside of the house, and he's playing with his daughter. It's for uh, a health and human services commercial called Fatherhood.gov, just you know about being a good father, being a good parent. And and actually, uh, I've, I've never actually seen it on TV. I hear it all the time on the radio. Oh, really? No, yeah. I've seen it's. They probably just play the audio because it's it's very you. Other than being outside that room and inside the room, it's you can kind of tell. Um, he does look a lot like Cal Drogo and I, Rob, I think we saw him at NXT a long time ago. Yeah, we did. And I just remember this dude coming out and I remember he was at the far, like starting off at the far corner 
of the ring, and I looked up and I was like, "Holy crap! Like this guy's got the look. This guy, he's he was huge." And I I honestly believe that he was far more popular when he was just a member of the Shield. Yeah, which was his uh, team. Yeah, that's true. Members. Like like people cheered him when he was a member of the Shield because he was always the last one that came in and kind of cleaned things up. Right. He was the enforcer in the Shield, mm-hmm. and people cheered him when he was on the Shield. But then when when uh, WWE pushed him to the top, you know, people were like, "Oh no, you you can't be the best." We don't want you. We want this guy. You suck. And but, that's exactly what all WWE fans sound like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys had an interesting life. I mean, he played football for Georgia Tech. He's done all sorts mm-hmm. of like very interesting things. He went through NXT, which you know where which is filmed where Jimmy and I work. But uh, do you guys have any more news? Because I am going to tie this in to our snap decision. Okay, so everyone's good? Go for it. Okay. So guys, I'm tying this into snap t- decisions. So now I think it's time. For snap decisions. Hit it. Hit it. Okay. So during this announcement, they did put up some videos online of of him finishing his speech, Joe, breaking character, finishing his speech, walking backstage, and everyone was there basically waiting to hug him. People that he has been battling with, people that have put him through tables, hit him with chairs, mm-hmm. whatever. With tears in their eyes, hugging him. I think it was Randy Orton was the first one. Uh, Braun Strowman, who's like the largest human on the planet, he pretty much is. <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. Um, was uh, was Brock Lesnar there? Uh, no, you know why? Oh, because he's a dick, and he's never there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're all there wait, waiting to to hug him, to, to wish him good luck, and all this stuff. And then they, the camera kind of followed him through, and all these people hugging him. Um, so it just got me thinking. Uh, do you think when wrestlers break character, do you think it hurts or helps the overall product? I can go first. Okay. When uh, there are a lot of wrestlers who have never broken character. Look at uh, Nikita Koloff. You know, he's American, right? Yeah. He just died, right? Nikita Koloff. I'll look it up. You keep going. Yeah. Wait, um, are you talking about Nikolai Volkov? No. The, the, the big Russian guy that was always teamed up with the iron Sheik. The names no, sound talking, very similar. <laughs> I'm I'm talking about the Russian nightmare Nikita Koloff, who is yes. still alive. Yeah, he's soon. Yeah, he is still alive. Okay, born Nelson Scott Simpson, um, who you know is a good ambassador for the sport. Really, kind of took it to an extreme level, though. Uh, but uh, when characters break kayfabe, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka murdered someone. So yeah, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Wait, um, what? Yeah. We'll we'll get into that some other time. Okay. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily bad unless a character breaks kayfabe and does something really awful. Um, like in the process of a match or something. Well, when they're in a match, or if Brock Lesnar and Undertaker smile at each other because they just you know had a good move or something. No, I I think for some people that might hurt it, but really as a as a as a fan of it, I don't I don't I don't think so. To see a guy come out and shit. Oh, okay. Uh, Rob? Um, I think it depends upon the break. Um, in in an instance like that, it helps to remind people that these are, in fact, actors, and but they are human beings as well. And people, as as from what it sounds like from the from what you were saying when he made his announcement, people realize that oh, you know, he's he's a human and 
he needs support and he needs some love and some help. Um, but then there's other instances where people break character and just go on diatribes and then walk out and quit the business altogether. CM Punk. CM Punk. Um, I don't think that really helps the business at all. I don't think that I, I'm not even sure that that helps their people's overall opinion of that particular person. Um, well, with CM Punk, it does because people still keep on asking for him despite the fact that he quit. Like, I don't get it. Like, they still chant for him every time. Oh, I, well, I mean, I I guess I'm not really watching wrestling, but I haven't but, really either, but you but just kind of read it. Okay. But, th- but that doesn't necessarily hurt uh, the over, or that doesn't necessarily help the overall product. If they're chanting for no, people who, who don't want to be there. Um, so, I mean, but then you could argue that, you know, maybe his his diatribe um, helps other wrestlers, not him. You know, maybe they just maybe they change the way they treat the other wrestlers. But I really don't know mm-hmm. that, that that's a so I really think it depends upon the breaking character. OK, and I've, I've got just a little bit of an opinion on this as well. Keep it to in a minute. So I remember when Eddie Guerrero died. And they had the various wrestlers come out and talk about him. And I still remember Big Show with tears in his eyes, like looking like the saddest human on the planet. This big you know, giant mm-hmm. who was, was at the time, I believe he was a heel. So he was destroying people, showing him like that. And it really, it made me really respect these guys better, knowing what, what they see all the time. I mean, it's not an industry where people stay healthy. So I actually think breaking character like that is good in humanizing it. I also am a big fan of kind of the behind the scenes stuff. And the other part of it is I think it's actually more impressive where we can see something like you know, Randy Orton saying, you'll get it, go get him big guy. You're going to be fine cheering him on. And then later in the show, kicking someone in the head and you're still going to able to boo him. It just shows how good of an actor these guys are that they can create a character that you hate and still love the person behind that character. I've never... I've never forgiven Papa Shango for putting a curse on the Ultimate Warrior. Um, so, yeah. Well, who would? And then, of course, you've got, the, you know, the the alternate version of the Eddie Guerrero Memorial is the the absolute fiasco that ended up being the Chris Benoit Memorial. Oh, yeah. Whoops! Yeah, you might want to know the details behind someone's death before you do a, an episode celebrating yeah. their life. For for Ooh. those for those who don't know, they did a memorial for Chris Benoit. Um, the night that he died. The night that the... he died, like super rushed, only to find out that he had murdered his wife and child and then killed himself. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oops. And they they took a huge beating in the media for that one. Uh, they took a huge beating from fans. I actually stopped watching because it came way too real. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It wasn't superheroes, good guys or bad guys at that point. It was CTE causing delusions and murder. Guys, I had the opportunity to do something very cool this past weekend, and I'm going to take a few seconds to talk about it. Okay. Uh, Have you guys ever done any, like, meet and greets or anything with, like, a favorite celebrity or, you know, someone that's important to you, like, work-wise or anything like that? I've thought about it, but they've all been too expensive. Okay. The exact, my response is exactly the same. I mean, the last time we went to Spooky Empire, we kind of walked up to a couple of people before they ultimately asked if, you know, you wanted to pay $40 for a picture with them. At that point, it got awkward and just like, ah, okay, bye. Well, uh, we, we walked up to Shannon Elizabeth last year, and she was actually cool. She never asked for anything. She just shook our hand and talked to us for a little bit. That's true. But it was like Ken Foray, the Nasty Boys. I mean, I get it. That's what they do. But mm-hmm. the Nasty Boys made me super uncomfortable. Their hands, when you shook their hands, it was you could tell how many times they had been broken. Yeah. Weird. Like, it felt like bones loosely put in like a... 
I don't know, like a Ugh. balloon full of sand. Oh, yeah, it was very weird. Why'd you say that? Because I had to deal with it now. Everyone else does, too. Thanks. Okay. So anyway, the reason I'm saying this is I went to the Mystery Science Theater 3000 30th anniversary live tour, uh, which is touring around now. I believe it's about halfway through. It is hitting like 60 cities. So mm-hmm. basically what they do, it's very interesting. They've got basically a, sa- a stage set with a movie screen and then like the little countertop that they do it looks like the satellite of love. If you're if you know what Mystery Science Theater is, I don't know what that is. I'm not a Misty, but go on. <laughs> You know what that is. so Yeah. And they basically do little skits. They'll, and then they start the movie and then they kind of go behind the screen and they project onto the screen and, you know, they're standing kind of between, you're looking at the back, the back of the screen, the projector is projecting on them. So you actually see them at the bottom of the screen with the little chairs, just like the old TV show and the new TV, TV show on Netflix. And I went to two shows, uh, one of which the first one was The Brain, a uh, 1988 Canadian movie about a giant carnivorous brain that was brainwashing people in a little Canadian town. And there's a couple of struck high school kids that have to stop it. Uh, it was terrible. It was, the uh... jokes were so funny. The The live setting for Mystery Science Theater is actually better than the show. Um, nice. The next movie they did, now I, I bought two tickets. I went to the first one and the second one. At, uh, it was at Hard Rock down at CityWalk. And the next one was Deathstalker 2, a sequel to Deathstalker 1. Which is kind I of a bar. Remember Deathstalker. That was the first rated R movie. <laughs> Mine was best of the best too. So, do you remember the final battle of Deathstalker, the first one? Not off the top of my head. No. Uh, it's one of those movies where you could very clearly tell that it's not really in a cave. There, but like it's fake rocks, and they mm-hmm. keep on jumping up on stuff, even though it poses no. There's no reason to do it. Uh-huh. You know, like the barbarian like jumps up on a fallen column because it's there, not because he has any reason to do it. Okay. So it's like that. And the reason Are we I'm talking, talking about, about yours? This, it's very similar to that, actually. Oh, nice. Now, the reason I'm talking about the end of that one is because the end of Deathstalker 1 is actually the beginning of Deathstalker 2. And the villain from Deathstalker 1 kind of comes out and says, after the good guy runs away, so she's like, I'll have my revenge in, and Deathstalker 2, and like kind of looks at the camera. And it's actually and Deathstalker 2, but the way they do it, it kind of is like in Deathstalker 2 kind of thing. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. It's way over the top it's weird because that scene is so weird because the movie does take itself fairly seriously Mm -hmm. the things i noticed about it other than the fact that the jokes that they were making about it were funny was that the hero of the movie was basically sleeping with whoever kissing people being like complete perv you know every time he helped a girl or onto a horse he'd be helping her up by grabbing her boobs or whatever and it was very interesting to to hear yeah like so he's totally (laughs) the guy from family feud yeah, yeah, Richard pretty much. Dawson. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the one that... Like, um, open mouth kissing all of the, the guests, yeah. No, like, he was completely a slime ball, and it was like the... It was so funny that he was the good guy, and then he happens upon a band of Amazons, and he has to fight one of them who's, like, a, a larger, scarier woman, and she punches him in the face, and I think every single person in the crowd... pretty It was sold out, so the whole... All of Hard Rock cheered when the hero of the movie got beaten up <laughs> difference in era and like the hosts cheered they're like she's the real hero of the movie and i just thought it was so funny that like they would write the hero that way wow um what's actually kind of interesting is uh, the the guy is played by john Terleski, and there's another woman in there called monique gabrielle and she's kind of like the the princess but sex pot she's kind of plays two parts it's kind of weird 
apparently she went on to to a pretty substantial porn career where she like owns a porn company wow like in in uh, south florida actually and uh it's kind of interesting but the reason why this was kind of super special and cool for me is i did the meet and greet afterwards so after the second movie uh, first of all, we got really good seats. I was in second row for this. I put up some pictures on the the Instagram page. Uh, you looked very, very excited. Uh, it was cool. Like it's one of the very few meet and greets I would ever do. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's probably one of only two that I would do. The, this one and um, Pearl Jam. I think I don't think of any, I would do any others. Um, but so they I, we had really good seats. I was actually dead center second row, which is great. And then they told us to wait, and then they. And then, which I didn't even expect, the the host who created the show, Joel, he came out and he did a and a session with us. He answered mm-hmm. questions. He and some people asked about how the show was created, and he was like, "Well, hold on, let me, you know, let me get other questions, and I'll finish off talking about that." Yeah, he, he answered just, you know, he answered everything. It was really cool. It was about fifteen twenty minutes just talking to us one on one. He answered my question. I told I I said, you know, what what we do, what we teach, like broadcast design. And I was like, you know, you obviously run a TV show. What can I teach my students? Because I, I like to kind of pull that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said, actually, he had really cool advice. He said, if you're going to create something like a TV show or anything along those lines, come up with the cheapest idea possible, and then you can work on the creative side of it rather than spending all of your time trying to get funding. So I was like, mm-hmm. that's okay. actually a pretty cool idea. And he's like, if your idea works, then the funding will find you. But if you look back at some of the bigger movies, you know, the first thing jo- George Lucas did wasn't Star Wars. So kind of interesting yeah that's but, true so thx 11 something or other yep so i thought that was really interesting and then uh, then they brought us up on stage and we actually got to take a picture with the robots and the rest of the cast that was it cool was, it was awesome man i've I only was, ever i've only ever seen their like silhouettes so when you posted that picture i was like oh my god that's what that is <sighs> yeah and that's and speaking of that i'm glad, actually glad that you you said that because when he did say how we created the show there was there was a little bit more that i'm going to get into here but um he kind of said it was two parts. When he was younger, he was listening to the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album by Elton John. And every one of the songs in the album art had its own art. And there's a song called I've Seen That Movie Too. And the artwork has some heads watching a Clark Gable movie. And when he was a kid in high school, he was like, that'd be really kind of a fun thing to watch a bad movie and show the TV show like that, where you actually see the people in the theater. And kind of passing thought when he was in high school. And then, and I don't know which order this came in because I kind of forgot. The other thing he said was that he watched some really terrible movie. And he was like, man, that was really fun. I wish there was a venue to show these movies. And then later on, he was looking for something after he left Los Angeles. He had been a writer for a bunch of like SNL and a bunch of other things. And he moved back to to, uh, Minnesota. And he was like, I need to do something. He was actually building robots, like just little found object robots. Okay. Did he... Did he encounter the Kerwindigo? He, he did not run into the Kerwindigo because he, he would be no more. The Kerwindigo is a vicious foe, and I know. <laughs> anyway, so he was so, he mm-hmm. was doing the show, or he was thinking about doing the show, and then he decided to incorporate the robots into it because he was like, when they were making fun of the movies, if they just used three, he said, if you just use three dudes, you have no idea who's talking because your back is to the thing. So Speak for yourself, Joel. <laughs> so like with the robots you can actually see their mouths moving and you were able to kind of create different personalities rather than as he said just three white dudes talking to a movie so it was just a really cool experience i i have to geek out about it sorry for taking up a little bit of your no, man, time it's cool um if you, you guys get a chance thing. you see it it is beyond fun it is funny 
and I desperate I hope that that the two movies that they've reviewed or that they riffed on end up being part of the season because there are some there there was a couple parts that I actually could not breathe I was laughing so hard wow so stepping away a little bit from Greg's uh, total fanboying out nerdiness over Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is totally understandable. It's fine. We are going to step back into the spooky zone Ooh. with some more with our final Halloween Horror Nights coverage. Yes. My favorite house um, this year. Uh, by far the basement where two twenty somethings are recording a public access show and they strike it big. They're actually visited by Mr. Big. Uh, do they totally sell out? No, they didn't uh, sell they, out. They bought in. Are you eating a giant bag of Doritos? Have a headache. Take some Excedrin perhaps. Uh, uh, Jimmy, I don't believe you went to Halloween Horror Nights. I think you're just talking about uh, Wayne's World again. Oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's Wayne's World. Yeah. You gotta work Hi, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rob, uh, take us away from Delaware and bring us to Cary, Ohio. Uh, all right. Well, Cary, Ohio actually features uh, fairly prominently. They've got um, a, uh, I believe, Seeds of Extinction, which we talked about in a previous episode, is is based near somewhere near Ohio or Cary, Ohio. But they've also got a scare zone that's essentially set in the town of Cary, Ohio. And that one is called the Tradition? That twisted Tradition, yeah. Tr- mm-hmm. Twisted Tradition, yes. Um, and it's, it, is a, it is an excellent scare zone. It's one of the areas where they do the, the stilt walkers again. But they did a. I will, uh, real quick before you go into that, I'll, I'll just okay. read the actual description. Oh, why don't you read the actual description, Greg? I will. Uh, an ancient evil has been reawakened and transformed Halloween into an abomination. Abomination? No. Okay. Okay, Rob. So back to stilt walkers. So this is this is the section where they have where they have the stilt walkers. Um, well, one of the two sections that they have stilt walkers, but they they actually. It, it was one of the areas where they had the really striking costumes this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually come up with with uh, one or two like really neat designs. Um, this year, they actually went with pumpkin heads, and they did a fantastic job uh, simulating pumpkin guts, which we've talked about because they used it in one of the houses, uh, Slaughter Cinema. And they did like a double layer mask, so their heads are inside of a pumpkin, but their their, their faces, faces also are covered with mask. pumpkin guts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've but, got lights inside the pumpkins. Right. They've got black lights on the inside of the pumpkins, and the pumpkin guts are painted with, like, uh, black light iridescent paint. So it really stands out, especially at night. As you're walking up, everything's dark, and you just see the pumpkin guts, like, glowing. And they've also got pumpkin guts, like, inside a fake rib cage, and the, the underside of the rib cage is lined with black lights all. Yeah, if you go to any Halloween Horror Nights like photo thing, like people that just took pictures, you're most likely going to see a picture of a woman falling out of like a giant pumpkin, like a, a statue or a decoration. Yes. It is so well done. It It is easily the creepiest decoration in the whole park. Yeah. Very well crafted scare zone. Um, uh, uh, this is, by the way, we didn't really say where this one was because, and this is actually the only one that really matters. This is across the lake in the, um, what is it? The cantina or the, the Allah's garden. Area. Yeah, it's next to the Garden of Allah. Yeah, and it's it's the area with the trees that connects, uh, I guess, ET area to the 
uh, Simpsons, really. No. All right, no, I'm sorry. It connects uh, the the drive-in to the ET area. Sorry. Correct. And every year they do a thing with pumpkins in that area up in the trees, and it always looks awesome. It's the best scare zone year in, year out. Um, I think that's largely due to the location. However, I will say it isn't my favorite scare zone this year. Mm -hmm. So I think that really covers that. I don't want to spend too much time on each one, but what is your, what is your favorite one this year? I know which one it is, but my, my favorite scare zone is back in New York. It's vamp 85 Mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a new year's Eve themed uh, scare zone. It's new year's Eve set in 1985, but with vampires. So, so they it's have very, it's very Lost Boys party basically. Yeah, very very punk rock vampires. They've all got like the 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 denim jackets with studs, and you know people have mohawks and stuff. And they've got various vampires dressed up like Prince or like Michael Jackson in his uh, red leather jacket from Thriller, mm-hmm. a la Thriller. Yeah, women with the big hair. Also, Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's just a really fun scare zone, and it's got a lot of great music also. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a, a stage with a band on it, but the band is dead. Been, mur- been murdered. Like yeah, one guy's like... got a microphone shoved through his chest. The drummer's laid out over top of the drums. Mm-hmm. The uh, the guitar the the guitarist has like the the guitar shoved through his shoulder, and he's pinned to the amp. Mm-hmm. And then there, so there's that. Then there's of course the stage, which is where the ball would drop, and they do mm-hmm. performances. They do two different performances every I don't know half hour or so. It's like every fifteen minutes or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, and it's, you know, the awesome 80s rock music. My favorite little detail in that section, apart from everything else, is they changed all of the windows in the New York area to put different displays, and it's all, like, 80s-appropriate clothing and and items. Yeah, like that one that we walk past every time, and you're like, oh, if I could wear that and be Don Johnson. Yeah, it's like the the total, like, Miami Vice, like, Don Johnson, you know, turquoise shirt with white suit combo, and I was like, man, I just want that, and the alligator shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that one's fun. Um, also, Rob really likes the dancers. I do. Well, every year they, they've got that one redhead dancer, and you know how I feel. Yeah, you, I usually just leave them alone. Uh, so just to – there's a couple other ones. The uh, This one doesn't really have much to say about it, but the Harvest, and it's it, basically the entrance. It's kind of the – it's just a smattering of different scenes from the different houses, really, or characters well, from the different houses. Well, no, what it is is it's a it's – a, um, uh, like a platform for all of the licensed properties. So mm-hmm. they, they've got different displays for each of the licensed houses. So they've got a display for Stranger Things. They've got a display for Poltergeist. They've got a display for um, Chucky. Do they have one for Chucky? No. There's like there's like four or five. Yeah, um, Halloween Poltergeist. Halloween has the, that's right. the Halloween 4, the, the mailbox on it. There's the Stranger mm-hmm. Things one that has like lights and bikes. Mm-hmm. The Poltergeist one has a TV and the clown. Yeah. If you want to see some of them, they are on our Instagram page, uh, Give Me Five Pod, and the, I definitely have a picture of me uh, giving the finger to the clown or the TV. The TV. Nice. Um, Why'd you give a finger to a TV? I was being clever. Oh. Yeah. Jimmy disagrees. I was I was reenacting the scene from Poltergeist, but Rob was taking the picture, so I was technically giving a picture of Rob in silhouette. Anyway, you were giving the, the picture to Rob. He was giving the picture to Rob. Yes, he was. Mm. Yeah. Moving on. So we've done Twisted Tradition, uh, The Harvest, Vamp 85. And then there's the... Actually, the Scare Zone's just kind of fun this year. Um, the Revenge of Chucky one, which I was like, how are they going to do that? I was like, is it really just going to be a bunch of people running around as Chucky? And it is not. <laughs> In fact, there's only... I really... would fight 
every one of them. In fact, there's no one running around as Chucky. They're at, the Chucky's in a little stage show, and he basically kind of just makes fun of people. He interacts with the audience and makes fun and of squirts kind, people with water. Kind of like, kind of like a guy at the dunk booth at any fair, where he yeah, just like yeah. makes fun of people who walk past, trying to get them to throw stuff at him. The Barker. Yeah. It actually kind of reminded me of the little like fountain at at Islands of Adventure. Why? Okay, yes. so of course he squirts water at you because everything at Universal does. Actually, Chucky doesn't, but the two of the other displays do. Well, of yeah, course. So, so what they did with Chucky is they made it be a bunch of like killer toys, not just Chucky. And so there's um there's killer toys based on those creepy monkeys that you like. It's a game that you like. Barrel monkeys. monkeys. Yeah, so it's play on that, and that squirts water at you. In fact, there was one night that I stayed a little bit later and Rob had to leave. And I did one more haunted house, and as I was leaving, I got hit right in the crotch with monkey water. Nice. It was it, like, I mean, it was crotch, shirt, everything. It, it was fantastic. And the and other one that squirts is the fake operation game, where there's a guy that's actually taking a person apart, mm-hmm. and that squirts water at you. So that, and then there's also a like a, a little bake kitchen thing with a body kind of stuck in it, and a tasty and bake smoking. oven. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were saying a rapper's name. A little bacon. <laughs> no, it's like I found out today. I found out yesterday that there's actually a rapper that goes by Lil Baby. Oh God, they're out of names. Yep, rappers, rock bands, out of names. Uh, so that's that one. And of course, the killer clowns from outer space. There's really not much to say about this. It's just fun. It's just big, goofy alien clowns. Yeah. The, the music is basically the theme song. There's some. There's some really cool props in that area. Uh, a lot of fun watching people walk through it and. Be scared of clowns, and they'll mess with you. They'll pose with pictures for you, and things like that. And then, of course, they have the obligatory two uh, chainsaw areas. Yes, but those aren't like official scare zones. Those are just areas where chainsaw people are, and they, you know, run up to you and try and scare you with the chainsaws. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do the descriptions of that, but um, the description of killer clowns. Interstellar circus tent has landed on the streets of Universal Studios, Florida. At this circus of fear, the joke is always on you. And Revenge of Chucky, Chucky, the world's deadliest doll, has brought a toy fair to gruesome life on the streets of Hollywood. Twisting childhood ties toys into nightmare, you'll be dying to play. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Greg, did you do you remember when you said you were having a hard time finding Killer Clowns from Outer Space that wasn't like $100,000? Yes. There is a 4K uh, restored version of it on Amazon on Blu-ray for uh, about 18 bucks. Um, and it, it includes, um, uh, let's see, eight films by the Chiodo brothers. Wow. It's, it's got so many features. It's absolutely worth it. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but the, (laughs) there's a part, my brother and I used to watch it and there's a part in there where one of the clowns makes a ventriloquist out of a cop (laughs) and it's just the funniest, like he grabs his spine and he's got two little trickles of blood that come out of sides of his mouth to make it look like it's a false mouth. And he pulls on his spine and makes him talk. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's so goofy. Um, I think we uh, we get to leave the scare zones now and, ch- and cover the very last house here we want to talk about. And that is the... Drum roll, please. Yeah, that's the, the featured house. That's the one that is most likely uh, most likely the one that is bringing a very large crowd in. The longest line anytime this. you go. Ooh, man. How long did you guys wait? I've only been there once, and I did it at the end of the night. So the sign said an hour and 30 minutes, but at that point, it was so late at night, they were pushing people through. 
All right, and the house we're talking about is Stranger Things. Correct. So I've only been through it once because of that line. Um, It is, I guess, very heavy on season one. So I don't know if Jimmy wants to be like kind of fact check. Not fact check, but if he wants to like kind of like if if you were designing that house, what would you have in it? Okay, so all right, well let's just do that question real quick. I would have the portal. To the upside down, down. Mm -hmm. I would have to include the living room with the lights that the mother used to communicate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? Uh, Perhaps the lake might be kind of hard to do. The gorge, quarry, whatever it was, where they found uh, a fake Will Byers. Uh, Definitely the inside of the institution where the kids were kept. And... uh, Maybe the store where uh, the mom worked. Okay. I think it's, like I said, I don't remember too much about it. They definitely. The woods. The woods from the under. The woods down. is there. Okay. The basement. Is the basement in there? Where they played Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know. No, I haven't no, been. No. You tell me. No. Okay, so the living room definitely is in there, and they definitely they got that very right. You know, the yeah. First, the okay. Lights, the, even the, the like color of it, it just was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the high school was a big thing. Ah, okay, yeah. And that's I remember that because they did some some cool Hawkins. Yeah, like some cool uh like mannequin work there where they have stuff happening in the classrooms and like with desks and stuff. Yeah. Well, they they did the iconic scene of 11 facing off against pedals. Ooh, nice. Yeah, where where it's you know, like all the desks are kind of like being force pushed to the wall and right. she's pinning pedals up against the wall. Yeah. Uh, the things I can say about this house is one, they, they made Demogorgons, which is kind of interesting because there were really no costumes of Demogorgons available because most of it is uh, CGI. So they got a chance to like build these things and there's a lot of them. So you get a lot of Demogorgon jumping. Uh, apparently okay. those things are super heavy, hmm. which makes sense. Cause I heard that you have to actually pass a test to wear, to wear those. Cause people were like dropping like flies. Oh, um, really? Yeah. It's, uh, what our friend, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, told us that. That was one of the costumes that was a little too heavy and the people were like unable to like, they were passing out from the weight and the heat. Hmm. So they have to pass like a fitness test on this. But um, the kids that they hired for it, some of them look so much like the kids from the show that like I, it gave me pause. Like, holy cow. Like <laughs> One jumped out at me from uh, between some laundry and I was like, holy shit, he looks just like him. I'm like, oh yeah, I was supposed to be scared there. Like <laughs> <was> more shocked. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, so that, that was pretty good. They, the other thing that really stood out to me, like I said, it was late at night, so they kind of pushed me through really fast. But the one thing that stood out to me is in the upside down area, they had all of like the particulate floating in the air, which was so cool. Mm-hmm. And the the scientists and stuff like that. Um, what what do you remember from that rock? Because you've been through it more times than I have. Um, I've only been through it maybe once or twice more than you have. But um, the the one scene that really sticks out to me is the scene where Eleven is facing off against pedals. There's not really any scare actors in that scene, but you're like walking around like this little diorama kind of thing where they've got the scene set up and like it's just two mannequins. Um, and it looks really awesome, but there's not really any any active scare actors in there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, there's no motion. Right. And that, that struck me a little bit. I was like, well, that's kind of weird, but okay. Um, but the, one of the, one of the scenes that I forgot about that I don't remember seeing in there is the gorge, the, uh, the quarry. Yeah. I don't think it is. That is, that is not a scene in the house. And I thought they would probably do more with, uh, what's her face? Uh, poor, uh, the, her friend that dies. Barb. Pam. 
Barb. Barb, yeah. I thought sure. there'd be some more. Wasn't, like, Barb, like, alienified? Like, yeah, they like, showed her, like, ah. But I don't recall seeing that. I might be wrong, though. It's cool. She's got her own Netflix show now. She's fine. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, all wrapped up in a cocoon. But it was good. I don't think it was an hour and 30 minutes good. Um, no. So uh, let's just, in the next 30 seconds, just give a quick rundown of what you thought of Halloween Horror Nights this year. Well, I thought it was pretty good. No, no, um, Rob. Oh, okay. <laughs> all in all, um, the houses were very strong this year. There was really only one weak house, and that was the Blum House. Um, the houses were all fairly exceptionally good. My my four favorites, of course, were Seeds of Extinction, Poltergeist, which may have actually moved up to my favorite house. Poltergeist is a really good house. Um, Scary Tales and Slaughter Cinema. Those were my four favorites. But like I said, all of the houses, with the exception of Blumhouse, were really good. And they had 10 houses. So good work there. Um, the, the Scare Zones were... We're fairly decent as well. Um, like I said, Vamp 85 was my favorite. The The Twisted Traditions one was a really neat introduction to the Blacklight costumes. They did a, they did a great job with those costumes. Um, so as far as the houses and the scare zones go, they, they get an A. As far as the shows go, they get a D. Um, did, did you get a chance to see the Academy of Villains show, Greg? I did not. Very disappointing, actually. Um, I was, I heard that as well. I was just from you. Yeah. I I was not actually impressed with the show and that was the only, because I've, I've actually seen the other shows that they've done last year. The, the Academy of Villains show was okay, but it was kind of cut short by Irma. I think that was last year, right? Yeah. They had to pull down half the stage. And then when they came back, they didn't really build back up the stage. So they, anything high up, they didn't have. Right. So their show was kind of, kind of hindered by Hurricane Irma last year. But the year before that, they actually had a very neat, very innovative show. And they did it on a full stage in like right outside Mel's Dying or Mel's Drive-In. So the show was good then. But this year, it was like they kind of tried to put a story into the show, but the story didn't really fit and it was like what are we doing i mean i kind of understand what's going on but it i mean it's really not like that i mean they they tried to force a story in and it didn't really work and you know it wasn't Mm. as impressive as some of the other stuff um that i've seen them do in the past Mm -hmm. like bill and ted well not no i'm just comparing it to their other shows okay i mean compared to their other shows it wasn't as impressive as other stuff that i've done and that being the only show that they had this year was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. They they got rid of Bill and Ted, but they didn't really replace Bill and Ted with anything, which is which is bogus. They could have replaced it with that that movie. What's that called? Bill and Ted. I don't know. No, no, the other one. I'm I'm trying to set up Jimmy. The one time he actually should be saying this, and he's not. With uh, Wayne and uh, Garth Algar. Yeah, yeah, that one. That would be. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I have forgotten. So my my quick party thing, time excellent since, since Rob's thirty seconds was not thirty seconds no it was Wayne's World my my quick thing um I thought it was really strong this year I my the houses are the reason I go for the most part in the scare zones the the props the special effects all of that kind of stuff um and every single thing was to the top quality of course the yes the shows thing was was bad um even though I went multiple times four or five times I still don't feel like I saw everything to the level that I wanted to so there's definitely a lot to see and do there. And that's really all you can 
take, you know, when you're buying something, a pass for something like that, you want to see as much as you possibly can. And you want to kind of feel like you got your money's worth. And I did. I wanted to talk a little bit about some music that just came out and I'm going to go kind of short. I've mentioned this band before, but I didn't realize their first two albums were actually EPs because they're just, they're really good albums Mm -hmm. and they were short, but a lot of albums are short these days. So anyway, the band is Greta Van Fleet. Very weird name. Feel free to look up the story online. It's not really what I'm here to talk about. You've mentioned it before, yeah. Yeah. The Anthem of the Peaceful Army. Um, I've said it before. Everyone says it. It is no, you know, there's no denying that they sound a lot like Led Zeppelin. Um, you can look deeper and also find, well, one, different eras of Led Zeppelin, but there are also little hints of you know, some of you know, some of the more Indian-influenced stuff from the Beatles, maybe, that you can hear in there. You hear some Rush like 2112, that kind of stuff. But anyway, it's, you know, I keep on saying that, but it's, you know, the vocally, it sounds like lids up in the song structure. And if you love classic rock and want to hear an album that is basically a classic rock album that's being released now, then get this album. Yeah. And they're all like 11, right? I think they are like just out of college. Mm. They're very, they're very young, but insanely talented. Um, like a couple songs. I, I don't really want to do the track by track thing too much, but a couple songs that I can reference other things to. Uh, first of all, they just released a video for their first single, I think, called the song is called When the Curtain Falls. The video is actually shot vertically on a, on a phone, which I think they're trying to make vertical video a thing. Uh, don't even get me started on that. But that's a that's a straight up rocker. Um, has a really good guitar solo. And when you, it's always weird when you hear a guitar solo now in a song. You're like, oh wow, I, I used to love guitar solos. Where have they been? Uh, the last track on the album is called Lover, Lever, Taker, Believer. And it has a, a wonderful line. Uh, She's an angel straight from hell, which the song could not sound more like Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin, hmm. uh, which is, I don't know if you know that song, but it has the lots of people talk, but few of them know the soul of a woman was created below. It, it sounds a lot like it, and it's very thematically like it, but it's not a copy. It's, I mean, it's its own thing. But you definitely like. I was listening. I actually made a mix of Greta Van Fleet and Led Zeppelin, and it's weird how the the albums sat together, but they were still very clear. Hmm. Uh, a song called "You're the One," which is uh, very much to me like "Hey Hey What Can the Hey Hey What Can You Say" by Led Zeppelin again. And thank you. It had kind of a bed of acoustic music, which was really good with some electrics put in, and then the whole song is brightened up by some really incredible organ. I was so worried about saying the word organ with Rob on the thing. I was like, I was like. I had writ- wrote like the song had something like inserted an organ or something, or they inserted an organ. And I realized how bad an idea that that would be to say. You're just digging wow. a deeper yeah. hole. I am. And I just, another real quick song was, uh, it's called the new day, not the wrestlers. And it really reminded me of over the hills and far away, but over the hills and far away and Led Zeppelin is the, you know, builds up and then it hits pretty hard. Uh, this one is actually built for kind of like a smaller audience. It's almost like if over the hills and far away is made for like an arena uh, the new day would be made for like a almost like a coffee shop or a, a club. It was very it's very intimate. It was I liked it. I liked I like every song on the album actually. But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, one of the reasons I want to bring this up is the review magazine Pitchfork, which is like basically hipster music magazine, uh, completely destroyed the album in their review, and it was like the most re- it was by far the most pretentious review I've ever heard. Like really, it was. Absolutely ridiculous. And when you look up, so I was looking for reviews on the album just to, I'm not a music reviewer. I don't know how to describe music very well. So I was going to, you know, how do other people do it? And like all of these things came up about how stupid this pitchfork review was. So I went and read it. It was, it was 
beyond pretentious. And it just made me think back to when you hear about classic rock now, and like you go back and you look at these bands like Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, bands that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and how much they got slammed when they first came out. And like, oh, this sucks, and that sucks, and it's nowhere near as good as Zappa and all this other stuff. And um, all I can say is that if you're getting slammed for doing this kind of music or doing something that's un- that's unique to this era, um, then you're probably doing something right because the the review is beyond pretentious and stupid. Um, the album will be selling about sixty to 70,000 units in the first week, and that will probably land it in the top five on the Billboard charts, which for a rock album, a debut rock album technically, is a big deal because that has not happened in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because it's like the popular thing. It's because it's really good. So if you like classic rock, I highly suggest picking this up and giving giving the kids a chance. And that brings us to our final question for the month of October. It would be your five worst treats to find in your trick-or-treat bag at the end of the night on Halloween. Poop. Might be based on true experiences. Poop. Well, did you? Did you? No. Oh, okay. But it would well, be the worst thing to find in your bag. But we are going to base this off of true experiences. Yep. So um, I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Uh, number five, black licorice. It's disgusting. That is accurate. It is vile. It's awful. Um number four candy corn i i that is accurate they're just it's like not it's not even fit for human consumption it's just like pieces of wax yeah i got a i got a, a thing to admit my child came to me just just this morning mm-hmm. and saw a picture of some candy corn on our little amazon echo thing and said that's my that's one of my favorite candies oh, like, oh it won't be it won't be forever I was like, what, what? And I, the picture had gone away by the time he showed it. He was like trying to get it to come back. And I was like, what? And he's like, it's those little orange, yellow, and white things. And I'm like, candy corn? And he's like, yeah, I love those. You yeah. won't for long. You'll get yeah. so sick of them. Sure, uh, like, whose child are you? <laughs> My number three is going to be. a genetic test. I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to, like, oh. crick him with, like, a, a pin or whatever and bring a little bit of his oh blood to Oh, my God. Greg, stop. <laughs> you were going to anger your wife. That's true. She doesn't like candy corn either. All right, then your child's an alien. Number three, okay, this is based off of experience, um, religious propaganda. Oh. (laughs) I was wondering why there was a space in your list on that. I I took it off so I could could kind of surprise you guys with this. Did you guys ever get those little, they were like, you're going to hell if you do this? That's the, we're not participating in Halloween because we don't believe in it, and here's why you shouldn't either. And here's a Jolly Rancher. It celebrates the like, devil, which is completely wrong, by the way. It was yeah. like a little, little badly drawn comic book. Yeah, a little badly drawn comic book or almost like little tiny greeting cards that you would open mm-hmm. and would have a little message like, uh, you know, find Jesus, Halloween celebrates the devil, and there would be like a Jolly Rancher taped inside. I'm, I'm going to be a little controversial here, and we're going a little astray, but that's mm-hmm. okay. I remember when I was in high school, I used to always see the little comic books that were very, as I said, very badly drawn, very badly written. I would, you'd see the, like the religious movies and of course the religious music that would come out. And all I could think was if God was really on your side, why do you suck all the time? Like every (laughs) single, every single one of those things is terrible, except for the one song that was covered by Tim Cabello. Like I've yet to find, and and like, I don't just shut it down because it's religious. I'll still like, I've seen movies that are, whoops. Just, I was talking violently with my hands and smacked my, <laughs> my microphone. But like, 
I don't get it. Um, Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky. It's a classic, though. Yeah. That's more, I almost, I mean, it's got the word spirit in it, but that's more spiritual religious than, like, you know, do this or else God's going to kill you type religious music. I, you know? I have to admit, I'm always amazed by... What, where by, he says, gotta have a friend in Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always ahead, amazed Ron. by how many people are completely ignorant of the the starting behind Halloween mm-hmm. or or what the what the actual holiday. I mean, granted, I don't know that that it began with with candy, <laughs> but I mean the the whole premise behind Halloween. How many people are actually ignorant? Of how Go Halloween ahead. Let, let's make sure our, our listeners yeah, inform us. I can pause my list. Well, Halloween is based upon the the event All Hallows Eve, where supposedly the veil between the living and the the living and the spiritual world was the thinnest, and spirits could cross over. So humans dressed up as ghouls and goblins or whatever, so that they would blend in and not be and singled out. Sexy cats as well. Yes, yes. So that they would blend in and not be singled out by the dead who had returned to Earth and be taken back with them. So it's fighting against evil, which you would think that the the people passing out the paraphernalia would be all about. Not necessarily <laughs> fighting against evil, more along the lines of just tricking it because it's dumb. Yeah, okay, that works. So uh, resuming my list. Yeah, speaking uh, of things that are dumb. Number two, <laughs> good and plenty. Ugh. Tastes like weird chalk caplets. Really? I actually kind of liked those. They they were they were a step below Mike and Ike, but they were essentially they, the same thing. They are not flavors. Mike and Ike. Yeah, the, uh, good and plenty are like... Pepto Bismol flavored candies, right? Yeah, yeah they're licorice too. Licorice. Um, give me Red Hots, give me Mike and Ike's any day over a Good and Plenty. Just nasty. Um, number one, I'm going to go ahead and say toothpaste. Getting toothpaste on Halloween was the cruelest joke ever. You'd it's get also home. a good way to get toothpaste squirted out onto your front yard. <laughs> Oh, toothpaste, huh? Well, now it's on your windshield. Yes. Um, yeah, toothpaste. I was just like, dude, I I like I have it at home. Thanks dentist that lives in my neighborhood. You know, <laughs> um I, I yeah, I'm going to go ahead and throw it aside here real quick. Got to say the best thing I ever got in my trick or treat bag was a full bag of popcorn. Ooh. Yeah. That nice. person That's was strong. a saint. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make I want to make popcorn. A- homemade uh, caramel apple once which was pretty cool and it was from a neighbor i knew so i knew it wasn't full of razor blades that's cool yeah. that's pretty cool who's because if it because it made it the best whereas if it had the razor blades it would have probably been in my worst um i feel like i'm gonna go next okay uh my number five is almond joy um i don't know of any child that actually really loves coconut and almonds uh eight-year-old me raises both hands enthusiastically do you okay well i I am actually – I bought um, a variety pack, and there are some Almond Joys in there, so I will bring those in. For you Dude, give me all those Almond Joys. <laughs> okay. Well, I, Dude, I want to give them to me. Okay. So that's that one. Um, you actually, in our your conversation when you talked about chalky Pepto-Bismol candy, um, I forgot completely about Necco wafers. Oh, this God. Not mm, Smarties. Terrible. They have weird ta- – like I think they're clove-flavored or something. Like the it, That company actually just went out of business, I believe. So they I'm were just—they were like chalk. On. Yeah, they're just chalk. Not as good as Smarties. Not as good as Sweet Tarts. And they had completely weird flavors to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised that company lasted as long as it did. So we'll get rid of that. 
Um, I had for my number three Canadian pennies because I did get a handful of Canadian pennies, which was kind of cool. Those were cool, man. It was kind of cool, but also kind of not cool because, like, what am I going to do with them? Um, however, I, you reminded me of some of the religious paraphernalia I got. And I actually <laughs> I still remember the house that I got them in. Oh, nice. In, in our neighborhood uh, down in, in Boca, Rupp. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I, was like, and I also remember uh, throwing it back in their yard. Yeah. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah. Like, um, hi, we got a nice little ghoul here. And, uh, yeah. hi, we got a nice little alien. And, and you need Jesus. And you need <laughs> Jesus or you're going to hell. Yes. <laughs> and then um uh, good and plenty is my number two and, and my number my number one uh worst trick-or-treat ex- experience thing in my bag was basically a random police officer waiting for me at my parents house one year and had nothing to do with throwing uh, religious paraphernalia because <laughs> you lit it on fire and threw it back no. at their house so i will try to make this short just because we kind of went off yeah, topic before but uh my freshman year of high school was kind of the last year that we trick or treated, and we actually brought uh, a girl with us who we met in high school, mm-hmm. and she was she was very pretty, she's very cute, and you know all of the guys liked her and stuff. So we went trick or treating, and we did not know that her mom had some uh, uh, episodes. Okay. So her mom, so mind you, this girl was a sophomore in high school, so she was, and she could already drive. I think we were fourteen or 15, we were between fourteen and fifteen, and. Her mom's like, well, I'm not going to let you drive, so I'm going to pick you up at 9 o'clock. That's your curfew. Well, apparently this woman freaked out at 7, came back to the house. Uh, A weird little thing just happened. We had just got new tile put in the house, so our furniture was actually kind of in the front door area, like on the in the hallway because that actually already had tile. So so all the furniture was there. So this woman came back and thought that my dad, who was basically sitting outside because he couldn't get to the door when someone was trick-or-treating, had barricaded his her daughter in the house oh wow jeez um, and had and called her hu- called her husband and, and was like i'm gonna bring her home whether she's alive or dead i'm gonna bring her body back to you to her husband and then oh my, my god and, yeah and then handed my dad the phone and my, my dad had actually just had open heart surgery too um so he was probably he was probably dressed like in like an open kind of not open shirt but like a shirt that was loose on his chest or whatever but so he hands this thing to my my dad and he was like and husband knew that the wife was crazy like well you know she you have to understand she gets a little bit upset she gets a little you know worked up sometimes and he's like worked up you that's worked up are you kidding me (laughs) my dad had some words so anyway we come walking up the street at this time and our neighborhood police officer was there and looks at the and i don't know we have no idea what's going on we're just trick-or-treating we walk up. There's a cop in my yard, so I'm worried because my dad had just had surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, of course. Wow. As we walk up, the cop who was our neighborhood police officer, and Rob, Rob probably knows the guy. I forget his name, but you know the, the dude that was always there back then. Um, he was like, these guys? Th- these are the kids? And we knew him. Like, you know, he had let us ride around on the, his motorcycle. He had, you know, he knew us. He's like, these are the kids that kidnapped your daughter? And he – actually, she was not 16. She was 18, now that I remember. But anyway, he looked at the daughter – he and was a like, sophomore? No, she wasn't a sophomore. She was older than us. That's why it was a weird thing. Oh, okay. I remember. Um, I, I just forgot because I remember him asking her, "How old are you?" And she's like eighteen, and he's and he's like, "You don't have to go home with her." <laughs> wow. So, that was a very big surprise. I was, um, and mind you, you know, little not a high school punk, but I was very protective of my father, considering he had just had surgery, and I very distinctly remember having to be held back when he called my, she was like this six, 
bastard did things to my daughter and obviously completely bullshit. Um, and I remember like sort of being like, what? So that was, that was a, a random thing. But I Oh, hello. <laughs> um, That's a terrier saying hi. Yes. That is a terrier saying what, that he would like a dog biscuit in his trick or treat bag. But anyway, that is, I cannot think about trick or treating without thinking about that one very, very weird moment. That's fantastic. Oh, that's weird. And yeah. and also, as of was it this year that they made it illegal? That would have been completely illegal somewhere. Didn't they just like outlaw trick or treating for anybody above twelve or something? Or they were talking about trying to do it? Uh, they were talking about it in some sit some city, but I think it was like people are like, well, when you rather than trick or treat, then be out like you know egging drinking houses. or or yeah, egging houses or squirting toothpaste and throwing religious paraphernalia onto people's trucks. <laughs> Okay, Rob, take yeah. us home. All right. Well, um, I'll go ahead and 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 hit you up with mine. Uh, I had a couple of the same ones as you guys, but um, some of the stuff I actually liked on your list. I, I didn't have a problem with like candy corn or good and plenties, but um, my number five was going to be not almond joy, but the less imaginative version of mounds. 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 What is wrong with you two? I I severely dislike coconut. I don't like the coconut flavor. So anytime I got those, I was like, oh, well, this is garbage. Oh, man. I I do not like the coconut flavor in the candy or anything else. I'm like, oh, It upsets me to know that you two combined probably threw away so much happiness, so much chocolate-covered happiness. That <laughs> it is I, disgusting. I'm not comfortable with that phrase whatsoever. That hurts my soul, man. Absolutely disgusting. I don't, I don't know... You know, I I quit. But but even more disgusting than mounds is black licorice. Oh, that is accurate. I'm glad it, we can at least agree on that. It it just tastes like absolute ass. It is so gross. <laughs> I I don't I don't know why anyone thinks that that would be a good candy. Mm, just, I don't know. Just terrible. Um, I remember I remember my next one. I had walked up to a house and I had heard that, you know, they were giving stuff out. But when I got it, I was like, you effing kidding me? Because you find out about the houses that are giving out money. Yep. And you go hit oh, those houses. Yeah. Yep. And when you show up and you get a single penny, <laughs> I'm like, are you effing kidding me? I never had a neighbor that gave me a single penny. What am I going to do with a penny? You... You know what? I'm going to I'm just going to stand out here and throw this at your window because repeatedly. You sir are a douchebag. I'm going to go <laughs> and get 99 more costumes and show up here 99 more times so I can at least get a dollar and then have a dollar. Yeah. I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You you sir, you suck." <laughs> um but to me worse than that is one year, I got little bitty miniature floss. I'm like, dude, you completely missed the whole point of Halloween. I had floss on my list too, but I actually am a big fan of floss, and it's kind of expensive. So I took it off. What kind of floss are you buying? Silk? I forget what it's called, but it's good. It's, I don't know. It's, Gold-plated? It's, it's butt yeah. floss. It was stuff that was used for people's thongs. He's really it's not into accurate. Not accurate at all. <laughs> but it is mint flavor. Anyway, continue. But my number one is is gonna be just for the connotation is gonna be toothpaste i'm like really so we are pro sugar anti we're, we're pro cavity 
anti health anti teeth healthcare. Okay. When yep. when when it comes to Halloween, absolutely. The dude who gives out toothpaste and floss completely missed the memo and deserves to have his house egged. The dude who gave out toothpaste and floss was your neighborhood dentist that was trying to recruit new patients. Yeah, there's like a business card stuck to it. A business card. Well, no, he's or... not trying to recruit new patients. He's trying to prevent new patients True. because he's promoting good teeth care, which means he's got less to do. So he failed on both attempts. <laughs> Should have given out actual sugar. Yes. Should have given out bags of popcorn. So, so here, since this question was kind of limited to ourselves and the things that happened to us, um, we're not going to do the combined five. Uh, we did have a plea on Twitter. Feel free to check out our Twitter page, uh, Give Me Five Pod, where you guys can answer this. I'm not actually me. I'm going to check this real quick. I don't know if anyone has answered yet. I just kind of put it up earlier this afternoon, so I know it got some shares. Fucking toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. That's had some shares though. People have not answered. Answer people. A anyway. single penny. Rob is still bitter. <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, thank you for listening. Happy Halloween. And as a special Halloween treat, we have recorded a special edition podcast for the new re-release or re-sequel of Halloween. You can also find that on our feed a little bit later this week as it is our little trick-or-treat treat for you. Happy Halloween, guys. Remember the rules of Halloween. Always hand out candy to trick-or-treaters. Always wear a costume. Never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. Always respect the dead. And always check your candy. And remember to follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you in advance. Or Jack's gonna get you. Sam. Sam. Or Sam's gonna get you. Shit. <laughs> Rob's the one that puts the holes in Greg's underwear. Yeah, we established that last week. Or actually, no, I just said that Greg wasn't the one. What if they didn't listen to last week, then? You just spoiled it for them. Oh my god, I did. Spoiler alert! Remember the rules of Halloween, guys. Otherwise, Sam will get you. Rob, look at the script. <laughs> what? I look see good, the script. I see goodbye. Look, go down. Oh my I'm god. Never, okay. I'm never telling him to go down again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Always hand out candy to trick-or-treaters. Yeah. Let's start over because I want oh. to like it. Oh, my God. Okay, buddy, since you are the resident trick-or-treater in this household, the one that actually goes out and gets the candy, I want to know from you what are your top five favorite Halloween candies that you get on trick-or-treat. Starting with five, ending at one, number one being your most favorite. What is your fifth favorite? Raisins. Raisins? That sounds really healthy. I think Mommy put you up to saying that. What is number four? Smarties. Smarties, you're right. Okay, so you like those a lot. That's good, because I think that's some, one of the things we're giving out this year. So we're going to have some extras. What's number three? M&M's. Those are excellent. What about number two? Tussie Rolls. Say it in the microphone. Tussie Rolls. Yeah, those are pretty good. You've liked those since you were a little kid. Since you were like a baby. And no. number one... Wait, drum roll. What? Um, lollipop. Lollipops, and what's your favorite color of lollipop? All of them, I said orange and the brown one. You don't like the root beer one, and you don't like the you don't like the orange one. Yeah, it, it's then it like. Oh, uh, you're talking about the peach mango one, yeah. But you you like cherry, right? No, I'm talking about like the orange one. Oh, okay. Then it, I okay. Don't like the well, that's my very unique child's 
choice for his favorite Halloween candies. Good job, buddy. Give me five. And done. Say thanks. Say good night. Good night. Wish everybody happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Boo!